so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're already on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family. Get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. Hello and welcome to Uplifting Impact. Today I have with me on the show Siddiqui Etienne, and he is going to be sharing with us a number of things that we really haven't had a chance to explore yet on the podcast. So, so happy to have you here with us. So happy uh, to be able to have this conversation. But before we get into it and before I can officially welcome you, Siddiqui, I want to tell them a little bit about you. Sound good? Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. So he has spent the last 10 years partnering with senior leaders at the world's most influential organizations to develop and scale solutions that address global development challenges and enhance economic inclusion. He's enjoyed a career that has helped him apply and allowed him really to apply his experience in operational strategy, program and implementation, and public policy reform and advocacy in over 25 countries. You heard that, friends, over 25 countries. Currently, he's a principal at ETN Consulting Group, and he works with small businesses, community-based organizations, and social entrepreneurs with the philosophy that free enterprise, effective leadership, product, service, innovation, and cross-sectoral collaboration are required to positively impact both business and also society. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. We are so delighted. I always love it when I get to meet another social entrepreneur who's like doing all this work in diversity, equity, and inclusion too, because it it hits, right? The DEI work that we do and how we talk about this stuff, it hits so many different sectors in so many different ways. And I think that when you're doing that and you're also putting it in the space of trying to make the world a better place. Like there's like, I get excited, like hyped up. (laughs) There's no better way to do it. So I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to uh, share my experiences with you as well as your listeners. Absolutely. So why don't you first just tell us a little bit about your experience? Why don't you give us some background into what you do? Because people sometimes hear management consultant and they're like, that sounds fancy, but I'm not exactly sure what that means. (laughs) People ask me that all the time. And I think the easy answer is I essentially tell people what to do. And how Ooh. to, <laughs> and I love doing that. Um, but essentially, yeah, I advise people on how they can be their best selves and how they can use their organizations, their assets, their skills to really go into the community and develop programs, products, and services that can have an impact to the most marginalized communities among among us and across the world. So, as you mentioned in my bio, you know, I've really spent the co- the core of my career using my experience in strategy, implementation, public policy, to really bring about more inclusive societies from a myriad of topics, from employment, 
to um, financial services, agriculture, and food security. And so I often view diversity and inclusion from a very broad perspective. It kind of transcends just, you know, race and sexuality for me. It goes much beyond that. And how can it, how can it be actually develop more inclusive ecosystems? So when you think about this idea of like inclusive ecosystems Mm -hmm. and you think about it in all these different places that you've worked in the world, what does that look like? How do you guide a leader who wants to build a more inclusive ecosystem? Because that means not just inside your company, but that also means external to your company, right? In your larger community. Yeah. So I think it means the first thing is really understanding who the players are right, within an ecosystem on, you know, not to get too consultancy, but looking at who is already providing these, you know, these services and products that you are um, wanting to, you know, put out there to the world. Um, Who is doing that well? Who is not doing that well? And whether or not you actually have an opportunity to be competitive with your product and your service in what already exists and or how you can complement what already exists. So that's the first thing. The second thing is really understanding the consumer. That's a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, For example, I did a a project in Southeast Asia where I was advising a social enterprise. And uh, when I uh, started the work, they had about four consumer segments. And over the course of a three-month engagement, we turned those four consumer segments into 10. And that really speaks to, again, just the nuances amongst customers and, and, the, and the population people wanting to serve. And how can we really segment them in a very nuanced way that really addresses all of their needs that are often dynamic, changing from season to season, year to year? And how can we kind of develop a strategy around that? I think it's so fascinating too, because so often we kind of take an either or approach, right? So we say, we're going to do diversity, equity, inclusion, and we're only going to look internally. And we're going to look at our people and our systems and our structures and our, but when you're in business, you're not doing business with yourself. You're doing business with people who are outside of your company. And so it's always interesting to me to have these conversations where people, I think that internal work is really important, but I feel like it should be mirrored, right? By what you're doing from an external standpoint too. Absolutely. And I think that's where the disconnect usually happens. And to bring it more internally, I have found in my work, particularly working in so many countries, right? You're often you know, going to be placed in teams that are extremely different from who you are. And that is, that is required to absolutely understand the consumer as well. So I have found in my work, people who are doing diversity and inclusion to, in, you know, that are internal to organizations, you have to have a mix of pedigree, a mix of nationality, a mix of ethnicity, a mix of languages to really understand and serve the consumer in a way that is most innovative And probably also hasn't been done before. So, you know, when I've worked in Africa, you know, I know I've worked with teams that and organizations where we've made it a point to to, to really develop teams in a way that addresses the, the needs on the ground. And how can we address our own biases, our own recruitment and retention practices, for example, to make sure that who we are is actually reflective of the consumers we're trying to serve. 
And I think we've seen a lot of this too, right? Where organizations are being called out or they're being asked, like you are servicing this population, but yet this population isn't represented in your company. And you, you've seen a lot more of that because there's a lot more fluidity and information, right? People know who's behind their product and they care about who are, you know, is actually behind their product. Are you seeing that in your work? I am that person calling people out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tend to lead in a very bold way. And I think it takes a lot of courage, self-awareness and self-discovery to really want to make a decision in regards to who you want to be in this work. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, people don't realize the work of social impact is exhausting. It can be disappointing. And if we don't have that coverage in some of those, those key virtues, it's like, well, what are we really trying to, you know, what are we trying to accomplish here? So we have to have um, apparatuses that are, you know, kind of, you know, bring accountability to who we are. And it's not necessarily a critique, so to speak. We're just wanting to identify and highlight opportunities where we can be better for the missions that we are trying to achieve in the world. So tell me how you do that, because I know that you don't tell anybody to do something that you don't do yourself. So how do you put that mirror up and really make sure that when Siddiqui shows up, he has done that internal work and made sure that, you know, he's he's aligned with it. So I started this journey about five years ago and, and it started on a sabbatical. So I took a four month sabbatical at my previous firm where I started to ask these questions. Who did I want to be as a leader? You know, what is it about myself that I want to change? What has been the feedback I've gotten from my teams over the course of the last three, five, seven years? So that's the first thing is start with asking the hard questions and asking yourself the hard questions and being okay with some ugly answers because I didn't like the answers I was getting, right? So that, I would say that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to decide whether or not this is the fight and whether or not this is the path you want to take. Everyone is not built for it, right? You have to have certain skills that go beyond the more technical skills of Excel spreadsheets and PowerPoint writing to really decide, say, hey, I'm going to make a decision to speak up when I see something um, that's not kind of appropriate in the workplace for my teams. So as, as I would say, that was the first thing that I started to deal with. And the second thing was actually, you know, I brought it to my teams. I explained to them, said, hey, this is kind of what I've been thinking about. This is the impetus of why, you know, I've been thinking about these things. And here's what I think can be very useful to bring this, these ideas to life. So something that I started doing within my teams, you know, we would have weekly check-ins, for example, that was really based on process and content. And I started to ask questions like, hey, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And how do you think that can be a value add or be a potential challenge, not only the team, but the client and the work we're doing? Mm. What did we do? What went really well this week? Given, you know, given that understanding, how did we help each other kind of lift the team up or again, pose an, you know, pose a challenge to the team in, in kind of bringing the work to fore? So really starting to ask those more dynamic and emotive questions, those touchy-feely questions that I think a lot of people aren't willing to ask, particularly in more and more, more cutthroat, you know, work environments. And I got very positive feedback. I got positive feedback that, hey, you know, so asking those questions, particularly from a manager, actually, you know, allows people to be more understanding of the process, but to also 
let them know that I'm trying to create a space for open and honest conversation and that no one is going to, you know, experience any negative pushback in really trying to be better. And so we need to really create this space for people to be better. You know, it reminds me of something that a mentor of mine once uh, told me that he did. And I was like, that's brilliant. So now I try to do it too. Like I um, try and really like name my faults. Here are the things that I do that are probably going to be annoying to you. Here's (laughs) what I'm doing to try and make them better. Right. So it's not that like, I'm just saying it because now you have to deal with that, but like here, here's how it might show up. And here's what I'm trying to do to make it better. Here's ways that you could help me like identify when I'm acting like this or doing something. Right. And, and if you have any other ideas or there's other things I should add to this annoying list or things that I do that I need to work on, come on, please go ahead and tell me. And by inviting people and kind of setting the tone that not only am I asking you to do this, self-reflection, but I'm also going to do it myself, I think it's really powerful. And I, I have seen, like you said, such positive like, reinforcement uh, for creating that space. Yeah. And I think because you do this self-discovery, this self-assessment, I think that also opens you up for the potential of wanting to hear that feedback from somebody else because you have you yourself have done that work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I started to do that, um, <laughs> I would get feedback from, you know, from teams that say, hey, Siddiqui, I would like you to do X, Y, and Z better. I think if I hadn't if I hadn't done that work, I think I would have taken that very negatively. Mm-hmm. But you know who you you know you know what your strengths and weaknesses are. <laughs> so oftentimes when you hear from somebody else, it's not the first time you're hearing it. No. Um, so it's really again being you know being open and being an open ear. Um, yeah. But I would also caveat though. I I, also, I often have a quote that I say you know don't take advice from people you won't willingly go to for advice. Mm. So in getting that feedback, we also need to be very careful who we get feedback from and also right. make sure that the people that we're getting feedback from is truly wanting the best for you yeah. and that feedback is indeed constructive. So I do want to under, underscore that with a, with that caveat. I have a feeling when people come to you for um, advice, they really want it. <laughs> I like to give it. I like to give it. <laughs> I know you, you started by telling us you like to tell people what to do. So we we clarified that right at the very beginning. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I want to make sure that before we get off that we actually get a couple of strategies. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that I think you and I have talked about that really are strategies for people who are thinking about how they might flow in this space, you know, kind of given that lens. So would you mind sharing those with our with our listeners? Sure. So I think the first strategy is, again, and I always go back to this, who do you want to really asking that question? Who do you want to, who do you want to be? And really taking the time. So for me, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of Brene Brown around vulnerability and courage. And I think that brought a lot of my current ideas around leadership to the fore. So I think that's one, do the work, do the readings, watch YouTube videos, you know, be on podcasts like this to kind of get your own thinking together to really think through that. I think the second thing is to also speak up and speak out. Mm. I mean, I mentioned that before, but we particularly in the work that we do, at least I do around inclusive societies and social impact, we have to speak up and speak out. And if we don't do that, I think we run the risk of what I call malpractice in the space. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, you know, when we're developing these large initiatives and advising these organizations, oftentimes there are millions of people that are going to be on the receiving end of it. That's right. And we have a sense of responsibility to do so in a way that is full of integrity and also full of accountability. 
And you know, I, was, I, I think one of the mantras, not to cut you off, but one of the mantras I often say to myself is like, if you're going to give me a microphone, then I'm going to try and use it in a way that is going to have the most positive impact possible. Absolutely. Right? And we have to amplify the voices and you cannot do this right. work and not want to do that. Or at least push yourself to do that. Yeah. And I like passing the mic too. Those are two things. That's a good point. Pass my mic and let me pass my mic. And we've talked about that before on the show too. So that, that's, that's a good point. And I, and I think thirdly is asking all of the hard questions, right? So of course those self-reflective questions, but also thinking through where do I want to go as a, as a leader within my organization vis-a-vis where that organization is also going mm. and is everything I'm doing helping us get to that end, end goal and that end point. And for me, that has been super helpful is because that, that, that understanding really helps at least me choose the work that I decide to do. Right. It helps me think through who I want to bring to my team, right? To kind of bring that work to the fore. And thirdly, it also helps me think through with my client the, the, the strategies they need to implement and develop to drive their mission uh, for their particular organization. So that's what I would say have been my driving strategies um, in the work that I do in bring around, bringing about inclusive societies. That is awesome. So is there a big question or anything that somebody comes to you with often, like something that you feel like you kind of hear a lot of people are struggling with in this, in this space and in this work? Yes. Actually, just yesterday, I, I was reading a post from a friend of mine, and I think that the, the headline said something like, you know, we're, we're searching for ways to help uh, the Black Trans Life Matter movement. And the word that really took me aback was the word search. I think oftentimes, even in strategy, we do a lot of searching, a lot of thinking, a lot of writing. We don't do enough doing. Planning, Um, researching. Exactly. (laughs) At some point, you just have to put the, you know, put the metal, you know, put the the gas to the floor, right? You you just have to get up and just do it. There is oftentimes, I think, you know, we call it analysis by paralysis. We've yes. just been months and months and months iterating and going back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth. At some point, just open the curtain and, as you say, and start talking on that microphone. Right. However it comes out, if you make a mistake, it's okay. You can learn from it. You can improve next time. But we have to get the conversation started. We have to get the ball rolling. So that's what I would say um, has been a question that I get asked a lot is how. And my answer is always just do it. Just <laughs> yeah. As soon as you do it, then you have something that you can iterate from, right? But if you never, if you just get stuck before you even press the start button, you can't make any changes. You exactly. Can't I, I have seen so many organizations. I have seen so many really good intention, plans, strategies, programs fail on arrival. Yeah. People just couldn't get out of that, you know, snowstorm, that blizzard of thinking and, and thinking and bringing in this person and that person. At some point, you just got to go. People get on the train at whatever stop they get on. But at the end of the, you know, at the, end of the day, just they'll get on at some yeah. point. That's right. That's awesome. I love that. That's such that's such great advice. Um, so I want to make sure that people are able to connect with you and continue to learn from you. Um, so what's the what? Tell me what's the best way? Not just me. But tell tell everybody listening. What's the best way to stay connected? So the best way you can find me on LinkedIn at Sadiqi Etienne. So S A D I K I E T I E N N E. I'm also on Twitter at Sadiqi Etienne, and you can email me Sadiqi at gmail.com. 
Fantastic. So we'll make sure that our listeners all get that information. We'll put it in our show notes. So if you didn't quite capture it, it's okay. Just go back onto the the website and you'll you'll see all that information on the show notes. I just want to say thank you so much for being here for all the work that you're doing out there in the world. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Absolutely. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining the podcast again. We would love to have you tell your friends and your family and the people that you work with and the people you just meet at the grocery store. Tell everybody about the podcast because we know that the more people we have who are out there in the world trying to really create not just internal change, but also this external larger change, that the better we're going to leave this world uh, for the people that follow us. And so we want you to be part of that. We want other people to be part of that. We're just so glad that we can provide a resource here at Uplifting Impact. So share, 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 and please join us again for our next show. Until then, make sure that you are Uplifting Impact. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.